This is Marcus Richardson, President and CEO of Rich Group Financial. We look forward to working with you and helping serve you in the financial service arena. So what that really means is we're going to be able to help you with life insurance for your mortgage protection, make sure that's taken care of when you pass. We're also going to be able to help you for your final expenses to make sure your burial, things like that are taken care of. We also are able to help you with retirement. So if you lose the money in the market and you want to stop losing money, you don't want to keep losing money, we can help you with that. And we also can help you with Medicare. So if you want to make sure you got all that taken care of, please reach out to Rich Group Financial. You can find us at richgroupfinancial.com or you can also send us an email at richgroup28 at gmail.com. And we'd love to serve you and help you and bring you into the family. Welcome to the Pro Formula Podcast. I'm your host, Tarek Shabazz, and this podcast is all about professional development. So if you're trying to take your professional skills to the next level, you're in the right place. In order for us to be able to continue to bring you this great content, I'm going to need you to like, subscribe, or hit that bell on our YouTube page. You can also go to our Instagram, or you can go to our Facebook account. We look forward to seeing you at our next show. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right. Well, I told you all it was coming. This is our first episode of the Pro Formula Podcast. I'm your host, Tarek Shabazz. I'm super excited to bring to you all my my best friend, a co-host, and also a super uh, important guest. This is Mr. Marcus Richardson of the Rich Group Financial. Um, Marcus has such an amazing story. We're going to get into some of that story today. But what's up, Marcus? What's up, man? I can't believe we're here. I know, man. We've been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And now we finally here, man. What does it mean to you to finally get this moment and finally get it going? It means the world. Sixth grade, we grew up together, known each other since we was little, snot-nosed kids. Yeah, man. And now we're working together to make a difference and make an impact, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of those who listen and tune in. And for me, that's what it's about. How can we help and serve others? So I'm, I'm excited to do this with you. Man, for, for you all that don't know, man, Marcus and I, like he said, sixth grade. But um, one thing I love about Marcus and our friendship is that we've always been there to lift each other up and always be there for each other. I remember we was going down that wrong path, and then I remember it was time for, for me to go to college, and I was kind of scared. <laughs> I was like, bro, I can't go by myself, man. And I remember telling you and the next day you went down there took the test man and then we went to school together man so to be at this scene we've talked and visualized us having a business together for years man i just want to tell you how much it means to me i'm super excited to get this going me and you both yeah so what are, what are some things that you think our our viewers and our audience or some things that you hope that they get out of this show um i hope that they get in inspiration i hope they get uh, direction and get clarity. So when you come to in a forum like this, you want to be able to understand the direction that you can take your career, that you can take your personal life to, um, and that you can take your professional life to. So ultimately, that's the goal. When you come on here and you listen to what we have to say, I hope you get the wisdom and not only get the wisdom because wisdom doesn't do you any good if you don't apply it, yeah, man. but get the wisdom and then take that wisdom and actually apply it to your life. Because one of my favorite passages says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. But with all you're getting, get an understanding. So that's what we want to give them. We want to give them wisdom. 
We want to give them understanding. And then at the end of the day, practical stuff that they can take. All right. Here's what he says do in my business. Here's what he says do in my early morning routines, my habits. Right. Because we're some total of the habits that we have, whether they're good or bad. So how do I take this information that they're giving me, that the guests are giving me and then apply it to my life, apply it to my business in every area. So ultimately, you can be the best version of yourself. Yeah. I hope one thing that you all get out of the show is is um, you got like mentors this first season. We've got 15 episodes and you're going to meet with 15 different guests that are going to give you insight to their mindset, to their journey. And so imagine that you just have all kinds of different mentors that you're able to learn from and that you're able to get real life coaching from. And that's really what I'm hopeful um, that we are able to get out of it. I want to start by talking a little bit about um, what you've been into recently. And um, for, for you all that don't know, Marcus is, is the owner of um, Rich Group Financial, and they are providing uh, life insurance. They're providing retirement savings. Like, what does that mean to you? And, and why is that so important for our community? I just think it's huge because a lot of people don't think about it until it's too late. Yeah. Um, like you said, what I've been up to. So the last 12 years, I've been an entrepreneur with Rich Group, Rich Group Financial, um, working in conjunction with the Alliance and my mentor, Andy Albright. And that part has been a blessing. It's been a huge blessing for me because a lot of where we come from growing up, where we grow up, we didn't sit down and talk about money. Yeah. We, we didn't sit down and have conversations about, oh, when someone dies, here's what you got to do. Here's how you have to be prepared for it. So I don't know if we're going to get that far into the story, but that's what happened with me is it was too late. Yeah. And so I'm sitting at the funeral home having this conversation and, oh, you want the money today? Ah, and it's how much? Okay. So that's one of the things that propelled me to get into financial services because I wanted to help people not have that same experience I had with my mom yeah. when she passed. And that's what drives me. Cause I, I say this all the time. I think people are either going away from their pain or toward their pain. Mm. And so uh, the, that painful memory that I had 13 years ago, it was a blessing because I'm learning this too, Tark, is that things that happen don't happen necessarily to me, they happen for me. Yeah. And that's not me looking at it as a victim, but that's me looking at it as a person that's gonna be victorious in any situation I'm in. So that situation happened 13 years ago. Toward the end of that year of 2010, I got my insurance license and ultimately I wanted to help people not have that same experience I had when my mom passed away. And that's what I've been rocking with for the last 12 years. We're, we're going to get into that. But um, you said something that I really want to us to talk about for a second is like we don't talk about finances a lot in our homes, especially in, in African-American communities. Like I didn't know how much money my dad made. And in fact, like that was something that would be considered being disrespectful to ask your parent that why do we have that mentality and and why is it important that we talk to our families and talk to our people about where we are financially? I think because if you don't know, you don't know, right? People are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Where do you get the knowledge from? You have to get it from someone to teach you. Yeah. And so if no one sits you down and teaches you about money or has those conversations with you about money, you don't know about money. Is it shame though that's stopping that's, us from talking about it or like what prevents us? That's a hundred percent what it is. So I was reading a book and I was going through this exercise and one of the books had asked, what are some experiences that you've had about money, whether it's good or bad? Okay. And so I was doing the list and in the list, I remember was one experience specifically. I'd asked my dad, I said, dad, you know, how much money do you make a year? And he, he went off on me. Like, you don't ask that question. You know, you don't do that. You don't ask people that. That's rude. It's disrespectful. And, you know, I'm eight, nine years old. So I'm like, okay, clearly we don't talk about money, right? Um, and then in the exercise, I was doing it. And then my dad and I both have grown, right? Um, he's one of my best friends, a great mentor for me. And shout out, Pastor. I, What's up, Pastor? I was asking my dad, I said, you know, we were going through the, I was going through the exercise. And he said, son, I'm going to be honest with you. When you asked me that question, I was embarrassed. 
because I couldn't get you the shoes that everybody else had. I, yes, you had shoes, but I couldn't get the expensive things. And I didn't want you to go to school and feel like you were less than anybody else because I wasn't making the kind of money that I thought we should be making. So it was 100 uh, percent shame, uh, embarrassment, pride. Right. You don't want to say, hey, I'm not where I think I should be. So I don't really want to talk to you about the situation. So for me, that's really what it was. It was like a veil that was put over it because my dad was embarrassed. My mom was embarrassed and they didn't think that they were where they should be. So they never really had those conversations about money. So, yeah, I think a certain component of it as well is like, I don't want to tell people how much money I make because then I'm afraid that they're going to be hitting me up for money. Do you think that plays any kind of a piece in it? Because like, you know, sometimes like I'm afraid to be successful, right? Like to to share my successes because people are like, "Oh, okay, bro, got the bag." Then so I'm a, I'm gonna hit him up, and that's probably not accurate. There's probably some truth to that as well. But do you think that plays a component? Can you see that in there as well? A hundred percent. And and one of the things I always say, and I say it jokingly, but I'm serious. Don't be counting my pennies, bro. Yeah. Like this is me, that's you, and sometimes you know because we're doing better than we've ever done in our lives. And when we share that with people, you also have to be mindful that not everybody's where you are. And they may say, hey, why don't you give it to me? But I'm of the mindset, instead of me giving you a fish, why don't I teach you how to fish? Yeah. Why don't I teach you how to do what I'm doing and show you how, whether it's financial services or whatever it is business-wise, why don't we teach you how to do what we did to get to where we are so that way I don't have to keep giving you a fish? Because yep. if I give you a fish, you eat for a day. But if I teach you how to fish, you eat for a lifetime. And I think that's a lot of what goes into it when I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to tell people how much money I make. Because it does come back where they say, let me hold something. Or, or it's like, well, and then if you say, well, right now isn't a good time. I got my money tied up. I got some things going on. It's like, oh, man, how you going to feel that way, man? And I, I know you got it. And it's like, yo, you don't know what I got going on. Right. I got big responsibilities, you know, at, at the same time. So um, on our show, you know, I really hope that people have an opportunity to connect and resonate with our guests and resonate with us as we're going into it. And I think one of the things that I love about you is just you're down to earth. And you're so just like a normal dude. What are some of your your daily habits and routines and things that you've taken on um, that have helped you to get to the levels of success that you've been achieving? Well, thank you, first off, for the compliment of being down to earth. And that's just how we've been since we were little. Yeah, know, just keeping it real. And when you say daily habits and routines, for me, I wake up early. I'm the 5 a.m. club. He's in the 5 a.m. club. I'm in the 6.30 <laughs> club, God. I try to get in the 5 a.m. club, but I work later than, than, than anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> I ain't in the 5 a.m. club. What you want me to say? I'm not. No judgment. You're good. So early rise, right? And then when I wake up early, I, I take time to get my mind right and spend time with God. So that's my routine. I wake up early. Um, I get my journal. So one of the things I do, so my morning routine is this dark. I wake up at five. I grab my Proverbs. I read a proverb a day right. for every day it is. So today is September 12th. So I read Proverbs 12 today. And then I just see what God is saying to me in Proverbs so I can get that wisdom. And then I take that wisdom and say, okay, how can I apply that today? And then from my proverb of the day, I take time to journal. And that's just getting my thoughts out, whatever I was dealing with previous day or any lessons I learned, wins that I've had throughout the day, things that I want to accomplish today and tasks that I want to get done. I just write about it. And, and ultimately, when I'm writing about it, what I'm really trying to do is listen to what God is saying, because I feel like he has all the answers. 
And instead of me coming to him with all my problems and doing all the talking, I tried to position myself to say, okay, what is he saying? Like, what does he want me to do today? What is the marching orders for today? And then once we get the marching orders, the day goes by. I wouldn't say smooth because you, you have hiccups in every day. But now I know that he's with me because he never promised that it would be easy. He just said, I'll be with you through it all. I got you. So that's my, my morning routine. Um, and then from there, I'm in the gym by 6, 6.15. Um, I go to the gym, do that for about 45 minutes, three to four days a week. And that's just being in shape and getting my heart right, my cardio and things of that nature. And I just want to, we only get one shot at this. Health is wealth, y'all. I think the older that we're getting, we're realizing, man, you got to take care of your temple, man. Take care of it because you only get one. Yeah. And when it's all said and done, I want to be able to show God that everything he gave me, I took good care of yeah. mind, body, soul, spirit, family, all that. So uh, those are some of my routines. And then from there, um, I have my day plotted out of what I want to get accomplished. A big task. I call it the big rock. So I got my A items, A activities, and then I list them A, one, two, three and four. Um, then I go to B. And then I go from B to C. And then if I look at that, I, um, I have people that help me staff. So some of that I figure out who needs to do what and delegate it. But then. I look at my A items, like that's the stuff that Marcus can do. Like I can't delegate this, I can't put that off on nobody else. So then I focus on those things to start the day and then we go and get after it. Yeah, I think uh, I have a similar routine. I'm a 6.30 waker again. I mean, he said he's not judging me, um, but I, I get up at 6.32, man. I, I get into my proverb, I appreciate Marcus put me up on that. I've also read, I like to read. So I try to give myself at least 20 to 30 minutes a day where I'm putting my mind on intentionally reading a book and learning and just just trying to keep my mind going. Um, and then I journal as well. My journal is more about where I, where I want to be, you know, so I, I always write things in the present tense, y'all. I believe that until you can visualize it, it's probably not going to be able to happen. Like if you didn't put a G address into a, your GPS to a place that you've never been, it's likely that you're not going to make it. There. You won't make it. There. Um, so I try to make sure that I get into my journal every day. And then after I get into my journal, I typically get my day started. You know, I'm big on um, trying to make sure that I make time for my family. One thing I want to ask you is like, how do you, how do you still like somebody that's watching this today is saying, man, all that sounds good, man. But as soon as I, as soon as I wake up, I got to hit the ground running and I got the kids and, and all that. So it's not as easy for me to plan on my day. How do you do it? You know, cause you got kids and a family and all of that as well. We all get 24. None of us get no more, no less. The biggest difference between what someone who is, I want to say thriving is the plan that they have in that 24. Yeah. So you got to write it down just like I have a schedule. Um, I think a person that is successful is a person that lives by their schedule, lives by their calendar based on the goals that they're trying to accomplish. So for me, my wife, spending time with my wife is a goal. That's right. And so she's in my calendar. And I know some people say, you put your wife, if I don't, it doesn't get done. Does that make sense? I got to call mom on my schedule. That's a recurring <laughs> deal. Mom, I'm sorry. But it's like, I have to. Otherwise, it's like two weeks went by and I haven't talked to her. Yeah. And so you put it in your calendar. So spending time with my son, spending time with my daughter. You know, those are things that also are important to me and making sure I develop those relationships. So that's in my calendar. The next thing that's in my calendar is the stuff I have to do for my business, right? Because that takes care of the house, that runs the business, that runs everything. So those things are in my calendar. My quality time with God, that's in my calendar. So really looking at the seven days and then looking at the month and then looking at 90 days and then looking at six months and looking at it from a year perspective and saying, okay, by this time next year, where do I want my relationships to be? Where do I want my finances to be? Where do I want my business to be? And how many people do I want to help? And then structuring my schedule based on that. Yeah. 
So I think sometimes people are like, you know, I started it, then I fell off. What do you say to that person that started a good routine and then they fell off? Like, how do they get back on track and, and keep keep themselves going? Because I think sometimes, you know, it's like, man, I tried that, I failed, and then that's it. Now they quit. Like, how do you how do you keep yourself from quitting? Because I assume that there's times that you don't make time for wife or you miss something with the kids that you shouldn't have or that you wanted to attend. How do you get yourself back on track after you've fallen off? The first thing is don't beat yourself up. Like we all have it. Don't get into the whole guilt and shame. And and one of the things that I've been working on and talking to my family about, are you listening to yourself or talking to yourself? Mm. There's a huge difference. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So listening to yourself is those self-condemning thoughts. Oh, here we go again. I'm not going to be able to wake up at five or I don't feel like going to the gym. That's listening to yourself or I'm going to keep being like this. It's always going to be this way or I don't have the money. I don't know where the money's going to come from. That's listening to yourself, right? And so if you listen to yourself, you'll begin to beat yourself up. They say 85% of the thoughts that we think are negative, Uh. 85%. And they say we think anywhere from 40,000 to 60,000 different thoughts in a day. So listen to that. So you got, I can't do the math that fast, but you got... A bunch of negative thoughts a going into your bunch of negative the thoughts. Of the day. A bunch of negative thoughts. And so it's our responsibility to guard our mind. But how do you do that? That's where you get to the point where you're not listening to yourself, but you learn to talk to yourself, right? And I'm going to go here. So it, it says that you are to not only just... So talking to yourself, you can say positive or negative things or neutral things. So if we say positive things, your body's going to respond in a positive way because we're 85% water. Yeah, man. And I don't want to get into it, but that war, that book, Hidden, hey, waters, man, Hidden Messages and Water. Hidden Messages and Water, y'all. If you have not checked that book out, <laughs> you're not endorsed out. by that, by the way. <laughs> but Hidden Messages and Water is one of the most profound books because they do, they actually do research and do demonstrations and they prove it to you. So if you've never read that book, check that out. All right. And you remember in the book when they did that research about the the water that was there and then they just talked to it and how it responded and how the rice responded yeah. and how it responded it positively when you spoke positive to it. Right. Yeah, man. And so if, if we're made up of water. Right. And then I also believe that we're made in God's image. Right. So whenever God wanted to do something, what did he do? The first thing he did is says, God said, mm-hmm. let there be light. God said. Right. God said, let us make men in our own image. That's right. So every time that God wanted to do something. He talked to himself and then it was. So instead of listening to ourselves with the negative defeating thoughts, we have to learn to begin to talk to ourselves. So when you hear, just do this. When you hear a thought that says, I'm not going to have any money, just take a positive thought and says, nope, I'm rich because he became poor. Right. Or he says, I can do all things. So whenever you have a thought that's negative, just ask yourself, what's the antithesis or simple way? What's the opposite? of this thought or what's the positive spin on this thought and then begin to say that instead of listening to yourself and sometimes you might have to be riding down the road talking to yourself like in the car like legit i'll be sometimes just preaching to myself right i've learned to encourage myself and so as you go down and you're having those moments where you don't feel like it that's when you got to just begin to talk to yourself and preferably you you know i'm 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 a scripture guy so I, i i recommend saying something that god says about you you're loved you're more than a conqueror you're the head and not the tail you're above and not beneath. Even when you feel like you're beneath and the bank account has NSFs and you're negative and you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. That's not what God says. But, but for somebody that's, that's listening to the show, they might be like, yeah, that's easy for you to say um, with all of the success that you have. It, has that always been the case for you? 
<laughs> no, nah, that's a good setup, Tar. <laughs> you know the story. No, that has not been the case. So when we first got into the business of being an entrepreneur, I was working at a job making about seventy, seventy-five thousand a year. Um, I left that job cold turkey with the thought of I'm going to follow God and live by faith and just wherever he takes me. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't have a plan B. The only plan was come and follow me and I make you fishers of men. Check this out. Plan A. And then they said plan B, C, plan A. There was no plan B. <laughs> no plan B. So in that process, though, we um, I left my job in September. We had a little bit of money. But that December we were on food stamps. Mm. State assistance. So within a, not even a year, within a couple months, you went from had a couple dollars to now I'm on state assistance. I'm on welfare. Yep. Yep. And that's when it's tough because it's easy to listen to yourself. Did I really hear God? Should I just go back and ask for my job back? This is not working. I don't know what to do. And there are moments where I'll tell you one time, man, I drove back to the parking lot of my job mm. and I was about to get out of my car because Carla was on my head. Like Carla, she's my wonderful wife. wife. Yeah. Of 19 years. Um, she's like, you need to go back and just get your job. Like this is <laughs> this ain't working. You ain't making no money. Like let's you just need to go back. So I drive, drive back into the parking lot and I'm listening to myself. Like maybe she's right. I should go get my job. And then something just came over me where I started talking to myself. And I said, nah. And honestly, if I can be honest with you, it was more ego than anything. Mm. I didn't want to say that I couldn't do it. I didn't want to say that I failed. But we literally had no money. Like I was on food state assistance, food stamps, and we could only get three toys for kids for Christmas. Mm. I know what it's like to be broke. I know what it's like. And I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. And so that's when you say, what did you do? So I, I got after it. I started working. I started following the system, following what they had put in, in front of me. And that's really when you say, well, it's easy for you to say because you got the office now, you got staff and stuff. But it didn't start like this. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, it says don't despise a day of small beginnings. Right. Everything starts as a seed. Yeah. You start as a seed. I start as a seed. This pro formula is starting as a seed, but there's no telling where it's going to go, right? It's going to grow. It's going to blossom. But a lot of times people get discouraged when they're in that germination stage. But unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it's going to be there by itself. Yeah. So we're in our germination process. Ridge Group was in his germination process. As we're going through life, we're in our germination process. But I found a place where I could plant my flag. Yeah. I say, all right, you know what? We're in good soil and that soil has allowed us to grow and to be able to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps is a fancy word of just saying, hey, we found a way to figure it out. We're grinding, we're hustling and we're making a difference. And and that's really when you say what it was like, that's what it was like. I think sometimes, you know, for you all that are paying attention or, or watching the show, I want you to hear that, though. Like it doesn't always come off as I started off. I'm ultra successful. I think people see the success and see the ultimate success. And we'll talk about some of the success that he's had. But I think you need to hear that this man was on food stamps after making $75,000 a year, which is not, you know, blowing people away, but that's a good living. And then you go from $75,000 to what was your, what's your income drop to? Zero. From $75,000 <laughs> to $0 from I can pay my mortgage to I'm on food stamps and I, I'm going to get donations for my kids. And so that don't let that shake you and don't let that stop you, because if that would have happened, if he would have gone and went back to his job, no telling what that would have turned into. And I, we can't, you know, hindsight is 2020, but I know he wouldn't be in the situation and position that you are today. Right. So somebody that's going through that, I think it's important that you listen to a story like that and just say, man, you know, it, 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 there was a moment 
where he doubted himself. Doubt is real, right? Right. And 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 then he said something that was a, a major jewel. You got to sometimes remind yourself of what God said about you. Yep. Because you'll let your wife, you'll let your kids, you'll let your mother-in-law, your parents, you'll let everybody else define who you are, but then you stop listening to what God actually said he had for you. And so Marcus has just had the ability to stay in tune, um, in tune with that. All right. Thank you all for joining the show. Just a quick reminder. If you like the content that you're receiving and you want to help us out, we really would appreciate that. If you want to help, you can go to our cash app, which is dollar sign, the pro formula, or you can go to our Patreon account, which is patreon.com slash the pro formula. Thank you so much. Your support means the world to us. When you think about like, 10-year-old Marcus, Yep. what would he think about you today? 10-year-old <laughs> Marcus probably be looking at me smiling, saying, man, I'm proud of you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Um, you know, you never know how it's going to come out. But in that process of going through it, we just did a call last Wednesday about the process. This is where people lose it a lot of times is they get they, they want to get to the end result or especially with social media nowadays, they yeah, see please. somebody standing in front of somebody's Maserati with the, come on, man. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Like Maybe it's their Maserati, <laughs> but that's not your Maserati and you don't need to compare yourself. They say comparison is a thief of joy. Right. When you want to compare yourself to somebody else, you're stealing your own joy. Right. And so they, they miss the, the journey though. Like we got to fall in love with the process of yeah. becoming great. They, they see us now and they see kind of what we're doing and what we're on. And it's only going to get better, right? But it was a process. It's a journey. We didn't start like this. Sometimes people see me and I'm doing the trainings and things of that nature in my world. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. Bruh, it didn't start like this. Yeah. Food stamps, state assistance. So the 10-year-old Marcus would say, man, I'm glad you stuck with it. I'm glad you believed in yourself enough to not give up. Um, I'm glad you're not so hard on yourself, you know, because... 10 year old Marcus was running around trying to keep up with Leslie and you know, my older brother, you know, trying to uh, be something that I wasn't because I didn't really know who I was. Mm -hmm. But now when I look back at it, I know who I am and yeah. whose I am. And so that to me makes a big difference. And I think the 10 year old Marcus would say, man, I'm proud of you. Uh, keep going. Let's let's run at this as hard as we can. And when we get to the grave, let's make sure we die empty. Yeah. Now, for, for that person that's like, you know, I um, I don't know who I am. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was at a conference late, uh, recently, and I want to just continue to shout this brother CJ out, man. He, your cousin CJ, he confirmed that y'all are family. By the way, I want to let you know. He actually, I was just name dropping. I said, "Hey, man, this brother said he knows you." I was just on a conference call with him uh, two weeks ago. I was like, "Bro, my, this dude said he knows you. His family's from Lansing, Michigan," and he was like, "They live in Colorado." Yeah, like them is my people. Like, I, so, so anyway, uh, shout out to CJ. But CJ said, "Your gift is what's easy for you." but it's hard for others. Right. And so for that person that doesn't necessarily know who you are yet, you don't know what your gift are. What are some things that you, some ways that you identified? Like you said, I was chasing behind somebody. I really didn't know who I was, but now I know who I am for somebody that may be watching this. They may still be saying, man, I'm, I'm trying to be like dude, or I'm trying to be like that. What are some ways that people can really just get back into who they are and digging back into themselves? And I think the biggest thing, Tark, that most people miss when it comes to knowing who you are is that all the answers are on the inside of you. But so often we look on the outside. Who's doing this? Who's doing that? They were looking for outside validation. If we would just get quiet long enough to listen, we would begin to discover who we are. 
because who we are is not going to come from the outside of us. It comes from what's in us. Like God put a seed in, inside of each one of us. And when it comes to this, so there's five big questions. I won't go through all of them, but the one that I've really been working on and helping my son with and my daughter with is who are you? Because I remember sitting down when I was in trouble. I had gotten into a lot of trouble. I was on probation, my drug and alcohol counselor. We working at Imperial Marketing. And I was frustrated because they was working me to the bone, but wasn't paying me no more. And I realized that when they put me on salary, oh, this is how they, this is how they get you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're working extra hours, but you're not making no more money. And I was really frustrated. And so she asked me two questions that still stick to me this day. She says, all right, no one's going to pay you more money until you answer these two questions. The first one, she says, who are you? I said, I'm Marcus Richardson. She said, I know that, but who are you? And I still ask myself that question. And the beautiful part is it's your life. It's a blank canvas. You can be whoever you want to be, but I ultimately want to be who God created me to be. Not just who I want to be, but who did God create me to be? And that's really where it comes where you're searching your creator and understanding, okay, what did he say about me? Who did he say that I am and who am I? And those are when you say, I'm trying to keep it simple and I get too deep, but that's for me was huge. Who are you? And then her second question is, what are you worth? Mm. I, I, I like those. Um, and I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think somebody that may be watching this show may be like, they have a negative image of themselves mm -hmm. or they've been told that they're not something. Mm -hmm. How do they break out of that? so that they can actually see themselves for what they're actually worth. You said like, look inside. And I like that answer. And I think on the, you know, on a deep level, that's really it. But for somebody that's like, I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure that out. I've been in this job for seven years and I, I, I've been promoted, but I'm not to that level that I want to get to. How do I get to that level? Great question, Tark. The Really, the answer to that, I believe, is is slowing down and deciding who you want to be. Okay. And sometimes you may not know who you want to be, but who don't you want to be? Okay. Like I, I like that. That's I, jewel right there. Until I know who I am, let's decide who I don't want to be. Okay. I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be dishonest. I don't want to be a person of bad reputation. So guess what? I'm going to tell the truth, yeah. even when it hurts. Mm. I'm going to be a person of my word, right? I'm going to be a person of character because that's who I don't want to be, right? So you can always look at it the opposite. If you can't figure out exactly who you want to be right now, who don't you want to be? Mm. That's also critical. I like that. Because then you can look and you can say, all right, I don't want to be like that. And a lot of it is um, our childhood, man. A lot of the struggles and the challenges that we go through is our, our childhood programming. Like the things that we heard, we talked about the situation with money with my pops and kind of how that went down. But there's a lot of things where people don't hear uplifting words. They don't hear you can do it. Or we hear things like you're going to be a know nothing Negro like the rest of us. Right. We, you, you're going to you're going to end up in the gutter somewhere. You, you don't you don't you don't matter. But you do matter because you wouldn't be here if you didn't matter. Yeah. Man. And and that that's the, the biggest thing, I think, when it comes to understanding who you are is like there's 500 million sperm. You made it. You made it. So you're a winner. I'll jump. Already right out the rip. You made it. You're, you're, you're here, here for a purpose. Son. For a purpose. You beat out everybody, all of, not everybody, all of the other little seeds. All the other little seeds. You made it. Yeah. So you're a winner, right? And then you start looking at us, okay, if I'm a winner, I'm, I've been called to win in every area. Yeah. Right? And so that's where you start looking at us and say, how can I win in the area where I'm at right now? How can I prosper where I'm planted? And I think a lot of that comes to knowing who you are. And like you said, to keep it super simple, if you don't know who you are, know who you don't want to be. I love that, Marcus. I think you're working a job right now. You're like, I don't want to do this job. Okay, start there. 
So that gives you an indication of what you want to do. I've been in this job, man, and and I really want to be in the sales part. I, I know I could I know I could do a sale. Like I think sometimes people don't know where they want to go, but they know where they don't want to go. Right. And if you know where you don't want to go, it'll help you get where you're trying to go. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. W- with our show, um, we came up with three core values. In our core values, the first one is character. Um, the the second one is courage. And then the last one is consistency. Yep. So we call that C to the third power. It's a formula. <laughs> yeah, C to the third C power. C to the third power. Yeah, that's what that's what we have. Like, do, do you, in your mind, do you need to have all of them? Can you have one without the other? Is, do you got to have all of them? And let's say that you don't have all of those. Like, do you start to develop in them? And, and how do you see those core values, not only just in our business and what we're doing with our podcast, but also in in just life? Yeah. To answer the question, do you have to have all of them? The answer to that is no. You don't have to do nothing. Yeah. Should you have them? Yes. Right. And so for me, char- character, I told my son this, um, character is who you actually are. Your reputation is who people think you are. Mm. And what really matters is your character. Who are you taking to the football field? Who are you taking to class? Who are you taking to to, jo- to your job? Like, who who is that person that shows up every day? And one of my mentors says like this, character is this. Can you keep the decision that you made when the environment that you made it in is no longer there? Mm. So you get it fired up. We start this podcast. We're all excited. We're on the phone together. We're excited. We're fired up. But what you going to do when I'm not there? Yeah. What you going to do when your wife is not there? What you going to do when your family's not encouraging you? Ain't nobody watching. Ain't nobody watching. Will you pick up the phone? Will you make the extra phone call? Will you go to the house? Will you knock on the door even though you're terrified out of your mind? Right? That's character. And that's also courage. Once you start getting into that next one, to me, that now we start talking about, do you have a heart to go after it and to go get it? Right. And, and courage is not the absence of fear. I might be afraid. Like when I left my job, bro, I was terrified out of my mind because yeah. I didn't know what the end was going to look like. When I have a mortgage, I got office rent and I got a lead bill that I have to pay and I don't know where the money's coming from. I'm still afraid. But my character, you know what, says that I'm going to do this anyway because I'm a man of principle and not feelings. Because mm. if I'm living off of my feelings, I won't move forward. Right. But because I'm a man of principle, I move in the principle and the principle says that Adriel and Maya need me to take care of them. That's right. They, they can't work. Right. And so it's not their responsibility to feed them. It's my responsibility. I brought them into the world. And so because of my character, I take courage in the fact of knowing that, hey, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do this. Even when I'm terrified out of my mind and I don't know how it's going to work, I'm going to do it anyway. And so you might be afraid to leave your job. You might be afraid to have that fierce conversation with your son or your daughter or your wife or your husband. You might be afraid to be honest and tell the truth. But that's where courage comes in. And I love this passage, probably one of my favorite passages when he was talking to Joshua. And God told Joshua, who was leading millions of people, Joshua just watched his mentor fail at this assignment. He just watched Moses not be able to make it into the promised land and all that stuff. And the first thing that God told him is he said, don't be afraid but be very courageous. And then he tells them again, and then a couple verses down, he said, have I not commanded you to be courageous? So it's not an option to be walking in fear, right? And so fear stops us from walking in faith. You can't do both. Either be afraid or you walk in fear. So God commands us to be courageous. And then as we're walking in courage, the consistency of that. So courage is I'm a man up or woman up and I'm gonna go after it. 
I'm gonna go ahead and get after it. And then the consistency part is every day. I'm gonna do this every single day until I keep chipping away at it, chipping away at it, chipping away at it, until it starts to look like what I want it to look like. And that's even when you don't feel like it, right? Because there are days as an entrepreneur, I don't have to get up and do nothing, right? But because I know that I have a responsibility to those I love and care about, that's what keeps me consistent, is I know that someone at the end of this is gonna be looking at me like, dad, what's up? And I don't ever wanna be the limiting factor to my kids because I wasn't consistent in my effort. I wasn't consistent in my personal development. I wasn't consistent in my work. And so when you look at those three C's, to me, those, those are very powerful. Yeah. Character, courage, and consistency. And that's, that's what we do, that's who we are. You know something that you, you keep saying, but you haven't said, and it's interesting, I'm just pulling it out of, of you, is you have a strong why. Mm -hmm. And I think um, for you all that are out there that may, one of the things that you need in order to be successful in anything is like, why are you doing it? And we call it your why too. Like what you, he said multiple times, whether you, you're hearing it or not, he's like, my kids, my wife, my kids, my wife, my kids, my kids. That's his why. But what's your why? What, what are you doing this for? And if your why isn't strong enough, it's easy to walk away from that. It's easy. But you said, I got to feed my kids. And when you say that, you say it with such a conviction that you slight, they can't feed themselves. It's my job and my responsibility to feed them. So one thing that I would really encourage anybody who's watching this today um, and thank you for watching the show. We really appreciate it. But Absolutely. what you really have got to do is you got to get a why and you got to laser focus on that. And, and if, if you're willing to quit on that, you need to get another why. Cause there's something out here that you're not willing to quit on. Like my family, my kids, like that to me, y'all like giving them every opportunity that, that they want, have desire, look for all of those fill in the blank is important to me. So I'm going to not make certain decisions. Yep. Because I want to make sure that I'm giving them every opportunity to be successful. And, and another one of my whys is, is Tarek. Yep. Like, I have all those other external whys, like my children. But one of the things for me is, like, I want to look at myself when it's all said and done and say, I see you, baby, and I'm proud of you. Like I'm intrinsically motivated, you know, I'm motivated by myself. Like I don't like I, I'm going to take care of the kids. That's a given. But for myself, I want to take care of Tarek. I want to make sure that the things that are important to me are important to me. So I would just encourage you all that are out there that are listening. If you're like, I haven't been able to figure it out. And I, I keep quitting after I get because your why is not strong enough. And have you always been intrinsically motivated? I know you're the one supposed to be asking the questions. No, it's but good. I, think, I feel like we're on a good vein here. <laughs> I've always been intrinsically motivated. Um, I think to some extent, yeah, but then no, I, I, when I was younger, I was a, a follower. I thought I was the leader, though. That's the funniest thing. I swore I was the leader. But the reason I say I was a follower is because I wasn't doing things that, I was, that, that were true to me. Right. I was leading foolishness. But it wasn't who I really wanted to be. And so from that perspective, I would say I was certainly extrinsically motivated, meaning that I was motivated by if a girl liked me. Right. If one of the, if, if the people that I was hanging around, the homies, if they thought I was cool 
or not. You know, so I want to be that. I wanted to tell a lie right there, y'all, but Marcus won't let me. Um, <laughs> I could tell how he turned himself in the chair. He's like, hold on, let's ask this. Um, so if I'm being completely honest with you, I wish that I always was. I'd like to think that I was always intrinsically motivated. I think in certain aspects of life I, I have been, but in those big moments that I'm looking at, it was extrinsic motivation. Yeah, and and thank you for being vulnerable and transparent. Because yeah. a lot of times people, oh yeah, I've always been. Nah, come bro. on, man, stop. Nah, but you can't do that when you got a partner that you've gone all the way back with. Because the thing about us, man, one thing I love about about our friendship, and we got another uh, partner that you all will be meeting, Matt Johnson. Shout out to my man Froggy. Um, is that we read like crazy. We always we're always reading a new book, and we're always encouraging each other to read a book. And so we read a, we all read a book because. As true friends, what we do is like, bro, this book is crazy. You need to get this book. And so we'll talk about that. And so we read a book. Um, all of us read uh, The Ways of a Superior Man. We've read it multiple times at this point. And um, in that book, they just talk about your friends and the people that you're around. And that's another piece that I want to drop on you all today is you got to get with people that are not going to lie to you. You got to get with people who, regardless, are going to tell you the truth. Right. And so Marcus ain't going to let me tell a lie. And I'm not going to let Marcus tell a lie because I will quickly be like, bro, that ain't how that's not <laughs> how that story went down. I don't remember it that way. But if you're with people who are allowing you to tell lies to yourself or allowing you to lie about your situation, like I'm about to do this tomorrow, man. And, and they're not saying when. Bro, you said that already. When are we getting there? When are we going to do that? Like if you're not with somebody or you're not a, with a group of people that are constantly pulling the greatness out of you, then you got to get around new people. Yeah. How hard has that been for you to shed some of that? That 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 was one of the biggest changes for me when I started turning my life around. Um, I remember uh, I was getting into a lot of trouble and a couple of my partners came up to the job and they were acting crazy, turning over tables, and we was gonna go get turned up. And the manager who was at the job with me, like my direct manager, he asked me, he said, who, who are those people? I said, oh, those are my boys. He said, those are your boys? I said, yeah, why? And he looked at me, Tarz, and this was powerful. He said, you show me who your friends are and I'll show you who you are. Mm. And I, that has always stuck with me. I tell my son that, I tell my daughter that, like, you are a sum total of the people you hang around. If you got five broke people, guess who's the sixth one? You. Right. If you got five rich people, guess who's going to be the sixth one? That's you. So you want to put yourself in circles and environments of where you want to be. And that was when I was changing uh, things around. One of the biggest things that God began to deal with me on is he said, you got to change your associations. Because if you still run with the people who think like you used to think, eventually you're going to be thinking like them again. Yeah. And if that's not what you want, you have to get around people who are going where you want to go. And then you got to follow, you got to learn in order to be a great leader. You have to learn how to be a great follower. Yeah. Right. A lot of people want to be great leaders, but they don't know how to follow. Yeah. And so I, I gave myself to those principles of saying, okay, I'm going to change my circle. I'm going to find someone who is where I want to be and I'm going to follow. And that's been my, I guess, if you want to say like secret or recipe to success is I'm a great follower. I want to, I want to just touch on that real quick for somebody that says, but all I know is the streets or all I know is, these people who are doing this kind of work or, you know, like, how do you get new friends? <laughs> how do you get new associations? Because yeah. I think at this stage in our life is like, I'm not really out there like how I used to go to school and I meet new people or I'm in the office and I'm meeting new people. Like, how do you get new association? Because somebody that might be watching this might be like, cool, I'm cutting everybody off tomorrow. Now you're by yourself. Right. And which... It may be okay that you're by yourself for a minute, but we're 
we're uh, social creatures. We need association. Yep. So how does that person get new associates? You find you, you look, you be intentional. So like, for example, when I was when I was changing my life around, right, one of the biggest things I did is I would tell people I don't do that no more. I gave my life to Christ. What? Come on, Marcus. Roll up. I'm like, you're good. You can do that. But that's not what I do. So the first thing is I began to speak my new identity. That was the first thing. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is I found people that had the same identity that I wanted, whether it was church, whether it was uh, sports, you know, doing like leagues and things of that nature. So these are the practical things. So you look and say, okay, who do I want to be? Or again, who don't I want to be? Okay. Right. And then you just go the opposite. So if I don't want to be in gangs anymore, I got to find a positive circle. People that are where I want to be. Are they playing ball? Are they doing something constructive? If I want to stay married, guess what? I got to go find a guy who's been married for 20 years and I'm just married two years, right? I can't be running around in the clubs with divorced folks talking about my wife. Because guess what? You're going to be a divorced person talking about your wife soon. Yeah. And so put yourself... Your ex-wife. Uh, your ex-wife, right. So put yourself in those circles where like it's a couple... Like if you want to be married, like that example I gave, find marriage couples that are going out doing things that you guys have in common. Like basically what I'm saying, find something that you have in common and then go and connect with people who have those same commonalities that you have and people you enjoy being around. I would say, you know, just to that as well, you know, now networking and professional networking is, is available. Uh, if you're, if you're a young professional or you're old professional and you're trying to, I would, I would, I would type in young professionals in your city old professionals in your city, Google it yeah, and, and then start joining networking organizations. If we're talking to professionals here. So if, if it's joining the chamber of commerce, if it's getting into a nonprofit organization and just going in and donating your time or donating gifts or whatever that, whatever that is, find ways to associate yep. because I, I just moved to Orlando, Florida, as you know, and I've been out there for, uh, for two years and I was, it was hard for me to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> One, I was working from home. Right. So it was like, and then everybody that I know is in Denver, Colorado. Right. Like all in Dallas, Texas. Like, but majority of my people are in Denver, Colorado. And so um, I'm practicing what I preach, y'all. It's like I've had to join organizations or get associations so that I can feel like I have community in Florida, you know, and, and I didn't break up friendships because of anything negative. I moved. Right. And so I think, um, you know, association is, is such an important component of it. So just to kind of help you all summarize what we've talked about is like, find out who you are. If you don't know who you are, know who you don't want to be. That, that's one key. Yep. Second is what is your why? Is your why stronger than if, if is your why strong? If your why is not strong, you need to get your why stronger. And then as we're talking right now, association is key. If you, if you hanging around people that aren't doing what you want to do, and we're not talking about like in the streets, y'all. I'm talking about you are in customer service, but you want to get into sales. You might want to get around somebody who's in sales. Right. You might want to start reading sales books. That would be the last piece that I want to touch on, which was like the, the power of, of information, the power of knowledge, reading, all that. Like, when did that become such a part of your routine? Actually, 20 years ago. So that was one of the biggest things for me because we are creatures of habit. So when I began to change my habits, um, one of the things that was impressed in my heart is you have to change what you're doing. And so what I would do is I would get on the game and then I would roll up. You know what I'm saying? And that was just a habit. 
And so when I was changing, I said, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore because with that comes this. And I just started reading. I started reading profusely. And uh, when I started reading it, and you were a big catalyst for that too, to be honest with you, because we used to have some heated conversations um, when I was first turning my life around and you would ask me questions. And I used to be like, I hate that I can't answer that question. Like, I'm, I'm just be real. Yeah. But it wasn't a situation like you challenged me to, okay, know why you believe what you believe. Not because your dad says it, your grandma says it. Well, why do you believe that? So I started reading and I started studying why I believe what I believe so I could be able to give an answer to the hope that lies within me. This dude right here just told you all that I inspired him to be a reader. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's so I, I would read and I would do that to be, get a new habit. And so um, at first it was a lot of uh, books, biblical books and, and understanding my faith and what I believed and things of that nature. Um, and then from there, it became a lot of self-development and I still read my biblical books and self-development, but I'm, I'm, um, I, I am passionate about personal growth yeah. uh, because you can never out earn your self image. Mm. And the way you increase your self image is by reading books and getting around people who have a higher self image than you and then doing the work. Yeah. I think that's I think that's wonderful. And I think self-development is so key. And I want to say, like, reading is awesome. But I, I want to put that put that in the context. Like if you're reading science fiction, but you're trying to grow your professional business, you might want to put the science fiction down. It's great that you're reading it and, and, and maybe put that aside and then pick up a self-help and read those together. Or if you're not going to be a sports commentator or going to be a you know, uh, uh, athlete, it, you may not need to know how many home runs Hank Aaron hit on his, in his third year when he played for such and such a team. So some of the information that we're consuming is just overwhelming. Like we're not consuming information that's actually going to serve us. Right. So I'm like big on trying to like, if somebody gives me a book and I'm again, you, somebody might be watching this like, no, I really enjoy reading. I get that. I'm not telling you not to read, but I'm saying is if you're trying to grow yourself professionally, you may want to read a book that's going to help you professionally. Right. That's that's all I'm saying. It could be a science fiction book about like you might read an autobiography about somebody. Right. And through there, you gain inspiration. There's like, oh, that's how he did it. I get it. Like, I understand that. But I, I think sometimes we have good intentions, but our execution or our uh yeah, maybe execution is the word isn't in line with where we're trying to go. So if you want to grow yourself professionally, get around people that are doing what you're doing and then learn from them. Like listen to what they're talking about, what their stories are, all of that good stuff as well. Yeah. And information is, is, is knowledge, right? Information is the new money yeah. and it's happening at such a rapid rate. That's why they call it AI, right? Mm -hmm. Artificial intelligence, but it's not even artificial anymore. Like it's moving at such a rapid pace that it's becoming boom. And then I'm in financial services. So the information that I got two years ago is not still applicable today. Mm. And so if you're not always growing and you're not always changing, you're going to be behind the times and you're going to be obsolete. And we don't want to be like Blockbuster, you know what I'm saying, when Netflix is on our heels. Yeah, and so you want to make sure you're always getting information that's applicable to where you want to go. Like the, what you just said, if you want to be a leader, you got to read leadership books, right? You can't be reading the Nancy Drew novels trying to figure out how to lead a team of people. You follow me? You got to get no, no offense to the Nancy Drew. Drew. Yeah, like, readers. We love, yeah, we, we love like y'all. We, we hope that. But just, we're just trying to be specific. Yeah. If you are, um, like you said, in sales, right? Read books on communication. If you're a public speaker, read public speaking books, Napoleon Hill's books on public speaking, right? 
If you're a business person, read the business books so that way you can think the way they think and then you get the results that they get. And then the other thing one of my mentors told me, which was very powerful for me about four or five, probably about four years ago, he said, when you're reading a book, ask yourself these two questions. What is it telling me to think and what is it telling me to do? Mm. So instead of just reading it, what's this book telling me to think and what's it telling me to do? And when I began to read it like that, it put a whole different spin on when I read books or even if I listen to audios, it's like, what is it that I really should be thinking and what is it that I should be doing? Because if I learn to think like they think, I can do what they do. What are three of your favorite books of all time? Uh, the Bible. The Bible is one. <laughs> Let's uh, say three of your favorite books, not the Bible. Okay, yep. How I Raised Myself from Fairy to Success and Selling by Frank Betcher. That's tight. It's a good book. <laughs> That's a great book. Um, Go for No. Go for No is a great. Now, these are all sales books, so you got to He's a salesman. Yeah, I'm a salesman. Um, and then my third one, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I, I what are your to, three? I would say my three are David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, my God. Have you ever read that? <laughs> nope. Oh my lord, that's powerful. So David David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Um The Alchemist, man. That yeah, that's was good. That's still one of my favorite books of all time. And then I would also say a, a book that I read within the last year is called um it's called uh Secrets to Success, Solomon's uh, the, the richest man who ever lived, Solomon's Secrets to Success, Stephen Love and, Heavily, and Happiness. And uh I would say those three books have really put a great influence on my life. I love the ways of a superior man. That's like an honorable mention. <laughs> and also I have to say contagious by Jonah Berger is also a, uh, it's also honorable mention, but those are probably my three, um, three favorite books. Um, one segment that we're going to have on our show is, is called settle the score. Okay. So I would be remiss if I didn't run this segment with you. Okay. All right. Let's go. So settle the score works like this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question and you just tell me what your answer is. If you want to give an explanation to it, that's cool too. Okay. Um, but it, there'll be five questions. So the first one is, who's had a greater impact on our culture in your opinion? Is it Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or Malcolm X? That's always tough, but I'm gonna go with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Awesome. Okay. Um, who? Plus, they name the street after they, all over the country. They got hey, don't they got streets after <laughs> museums. This next one, man, is like people fight over this question right now. But it's like what everybody asks: Is it LeBron or Jordan? Are we asking the goat question? Who's the goat? Is it LeBron or Jordan? MJ. MJ is yeah. it close? Not to me. It's not. It's not close. Nah. Okay. He never lost the finals. Never lost the finals, and he's got a killer mentality. And when you know Jordan shows up, he's showing up to take your lunch. He's not showing up to get along. He's showing up to dominate. Sometimes, I love him, but sometimes he shows up and gets along. Okay. Um, would you rather read a book or would you rather listen to a book? Read. You like turning the page? Yeah, because it sticks, sticks with you. They say if you listen to something, you have to hear it seven times no. before it sticks with you. But if you read it, you know, you get to touch it, feel it, and you get the you get different types of learning. So audio, kinesthetic because you're touching it. And then I like to read out loud. So you're getting the audio and then you're seeing it. So it's visual. So that's three types of learning. And we have five. So you're hitting three of the five senses when you do it, when you read it. And the smell, man. The smell of a, <laughs> I'm not joking. Like yeah. the smell of paper and turning. I love reading books, man. Yes. And let me answer the first one. Malcolm X for me. I think Malcolm X has had such a profound impact on me. Just, I love the, you know, one of his quotes is like, 
you know, we're nonviolent with people who are nonviolent with us. Right. But we're violent with people who are violent with us. <laughs> I just appreciate that perspective. I think that is how the world is. Like, be good with me, I'm good with you. You not good with me, I'm not good with you. I, I kind of respect that. I would have to agree with you on Jordan. I think Jordan uh, is close. Probably Kobe. You got to throw him kind of somewhere in that. Hundred percent. You got to throw Kobe. Yeah, but I, I would say of those two, and then I'm certainly going to um, flip pages as opposed to um, to reading a book. My next question for you is: um, Is it, it like you you have a trip? You get to do vacation. Money's not an issue. Yeah. Would you rather be in New York or L.A.? New York. New York over L.A. Yes. Don't sound surprised. I'm surprised. You'd rather be in L.A. Uh, <laughs> I think about where I would rather be. If I had a vacation, man. Traffic is terrible in both. Traffic is terrible. The culture, I got to go to New York. <laughs> so why are you looking at me like that? Can I say that? I'm just surprised to hear you say that. I mean, like, I would have to, it would have to be New York when it's not cold. That would be 100%. Agree. 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 So if New York could get Cali weather, oh my New York God. all day long. I never go. But when it's snowing in New York, I'm not going and I'm going to be in Cali. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, the, the last question that I have for you is who's had a bigger impact on you? Who's, who's had a bigger impact on you? Was it Tupac or Jay-Z? Tupac. And that's not close. Not close. That's not close. Not close. Fuck, man. (laughs) Um, You're going to get an opportunity to learn more about Marcus, um, you know, as as our seasons progress and as we continue to go. Um, But Marcus, if somebody, like, first off, talk to them a little bit about what you do in the financial services realm. Yeah. um, So that people can get an idea for that. And then talk to them about if they need these services, how they can get a hold of you. Yep. But before I do that, I want to say a special thank you. Yeah. To you. To Darius, our film people, those who are tuning in, I appreciate y'all for being with us. And I'm grateful. Um, I remember the dream you had when we were boys, yeah, we were kids. And you told me about that dream, about us working together. We've done insurance together. We're doing this, another venture. And I, I just thank you that you are being consistent, courageous, and your character. Because yeah. if you didn't have those three things, I wouldn't be sitting in this chair with you and you wouldn't be in my office. I know, that's right. So a special shout out to you because I just see who you are and what you're doing. And you're really good at edifying me, but I wanted to take time in front of our guests and those listening that I, I love you as my brother. Yeah, I love you too. And I appreciate what you're doing and the difference that we're going to make globally in people's lives. Yeah, I'll say the difference we're making. 100%. Right. Um, so to get a hold of Marcus, richgroupfinancial.com is our website. They can uh, check us out on the website. Email is richgroup28 at gmail.com. I think you can send us an email. Um, and the services that we provide, we're really big in the financial service space. So life insurance, if you don't have it, hit us up, we can help you. Whether it's term, whole life, universal life, I don't have a preference. Some people have a preference. I'm like, if you like it, I love it. If you want term, I'll say your term. If you want whole life, I'll say your whole life. We, we do whatever it takes. And then on the retirement piece, where um, I'm working on getting my license, my securities license. So that's going to be a big yeah, thing for you. us. Yeah. Uh, for right now, though, we help people out with retirement. So keeping the money safe. If you're losing money in the market, you've been losing money in your 401k, it's hurting, it's going down. 
I'm the guy, we're the people that you should talk to because we'll help keep it safe. You won't lose a penny. And we got products that'll give you some really good interest and you don't have to pay a whole bunch of fees. So we help keep it safe. Um, and then we have people on our team that also help with Medicare. We got that open enrollment coming up soon. So we can definitely help you in those three spaces. So those are our three niche areas that are really big that we help in. So life insurance, retirement products and annuities, and then Medicare. So we can help you in those spaces. I want to just talk a little bit about the life insurance piece before we end. Like, why do people need life insurance? Like people think that it's a scam or it's, it's like, they just, maybe they just aren't interested. Like, why do people need life insurance? Two main reasons is you don't want to be a burden on your family. Like some of y'all heard the story when we first started about my mom. Um, Talk to us about that story. Yeah, God bless her, I love her. Uh, but when my mom died, she was 50. She got sick at 46. And so here's what most people tell me. Well, I got it through my job. I'm like, that's awesome. And you should get as much as you can through your job because it's going to be as cheap as it'll ever be because you're part of the group. But what happens when you leave the group? Your life insurance never goes with you. And if it does, it doesn't stay at the same rate. Yeah. So I encourage you to get life insurance one so you're not a burden on your family when you pass away. Because with my mom, you know, we were younger. I had two young kids. I didn't have any money. And they literally held her hostage. They said nothing happens until we get some form of payment. Mm. Your mom will stay here with us. Daughter's first birthday. What about like a payment plan? Were they willing to do that? They wouldn't you? even do that. They and didn't do a payment. They plan. didn't even do that. They would not. They said, did your mom have life insurance or did she have any burial policies? I said, no, ma'am. Well, Marcus, until we get some form of payment, your mom will stay here with us. I said, are you serious? They said, yep. So I had to put on my credit card a 22% interest to cremator. Mm. That's one reason why you need life insurance. Um, number two reasons, let's say people say, well, I, I am well off, right? I got this taken care of. The biggest thing about life insurance some people don't realize is that it's a vehicle that can pass the kids tax-free. So if you do have money, if you don't have it in a trust and you don't have it secured, when it passes to the kids, there's a fancy thing called an inheritance tax or a death tax, which means Uncle Sam's really going to take 40 to 49 percent of your money if you don't have it in life insurance or a trust or something like that. But even if you do have money and you put it in a life insurance vehicle, when I die, those millions of dollars are going to pass to my wife or pass to Adriel and Maya. And it's going to be, you know, Carla, Adriel, Maya, they're going to be able to get this money without having to tell Uncle Sam about it. And so now I'm putting them in a better spot than what I was in. So you need it to take care of your financial wishes and not be a burden on your family. Or let's get it so I can pass it to the kids and they can get it without telling Uncle Sam about it and having to pay a bunch of taxes. Don't get me wrong. I pay my taxes and I believe you should. Yeah. But if I don't have to give him extra money, I'm not giving him anything extra. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So that's why I believe life insurance is so important. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'm policy up, man. I got I, I'll, I'll spend some money to get some life insurance. Um, because I also think when when you pass away, not only do you not want to be a burden, but it'd be cool to leave an inheritance. Right. And I believe that there's a proverb about leaving an inheritance. Dead man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Yeah, man. So, um, so if you're looking for some life insurance and you need some life insurance, please reach out to the Rich Group Financial. When I'm talking about down-to-earth people, people that are not going to judge you, people that are going to help you, people that are going to do what's best for you. That's what I'm talking about. We've already talked about his character and who he is as a man. So I, those are the type of people that I want to, to handle my finances. Right. And, um, just last thing, what can they expect from working with you? Like if they're working with you, what, what, what do they expect? How, how long does the process take to get qualified and all that good stuff? How expensive is it? All that. Yeah, great question. So service was one thing they can expect. I go above and beyond. Our team does, my staff does to provide great service um, to those that we work with because we're in the service industry. So service um, and then excellence. 
And then when it comes to the process, so for us, we try not to do the needles so they're not gonna prick you, poke you, make you pee in a cup. Uh, so it's real simple that we still ask medical questions, but it's very simple. So if we get together, let's say I helped you today on Tuesday, we can have an answer for you by Thursday. You're protected, covered, family's taken care of. We work on getting you immediate coverage if you can qualify for it medically so you don't have those weird clauses and stuff like that. So we're big on getting you policies. And then the good, cool thing is we're middle people. So I don't have just one one carrier. I'm not affectionate to any just one. I can work with over 30, 35 different carriers. So when you come to us, you're going to get all 35 different carriers that we work with, billion-dollar companies, name recognition, Mutual of Omaha, Transamerica, AIG. Like You're going to recognize all of those that we work with, and we can put you with the best company. And the biggest thing is we're going to treat you like family. So if you're older than me, I'm going to treat you like you're my dad or my mom. If you're my age, I'm going to treat you like you're my brother. And if you're younger than me, I'm going to treat you like you're my kids. And I'm never going to do my family wrong. So you'd be into the rich group family, and we make sure we take care of our family. Last thing, I might have said this already, but I think it's important. So, like, what about that person that has a pre-existing medical condition? They got cancer. They got, um, they got something. Do you have policies for them? We do. Yeah, we can get anybody covered. So give us a call. We can help you out. Go to our website. Check us out. Get in contact with us. Pre-existing conditions or you beat cancer, but it's still in there and they keep giving you a hard time every time you apply for life insurance. We want to talk to you. We can help you out. We can find something for you. So don't don't let the fact that it's pre-existing or you had a bad experience with another insurance agent that wasn't good deter you from at least calling us or checking us out on the website and reaching out to us. How long is the application? Because some people are like, man, I ain't got a whole bunch of time. I'm Like when you go meet with them, how long can they expect you to be there trying to help them figure out if they can get qualified or not? I tell people this all the time. My part is about 15, 20 minutes. So we don't talk politics and religion. It, it won't be long <laughs> at all. <laughs> keep him on the focus, y'all. He can get something for you quick. But if you want to talk to him, he's going to talk to you as well. Right. Um, but typically, if I go to someone's house, we get done going through the process, application, getting to know each other within 45 minutes to an hour. Okay. And that's just because I want to make sure I find the best plan for you. So I try not to rush through it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Anybody that's looking for any of those particular services, um, do you just work with people in Colorado or, or? All over the country. So even if you are in different states, we can help you in Indiana, Florida, Texas, Georgia, anywhere. We can help you in all 50 states. So get with us. Um, if I can't come to you and see you, we can definitely do it virtually or we can do it over the phone, but we can make sure that we can serve anybody all across the country. Love it. Well, there you have it, man. This is our first uh, first episode of the Pro Formula Podcast. I'm hopeful that you picked up some of those jewels that were dropped. Marcus, I want to thank you so much for being my first ever guest and also my co-host, bro. Appreciate it, man. To see you. Awesome thank job. you so much, man. Love you. Um, I love you too, man. So I appreciate y'all. Thank you all for tuning in. Peace be on to you all. See you later. God bless. Peace.